Welcome to Beauty Superstars Talk, your backstage pass to experts in beauty. My name is Mickey Wright, and each and every week I have the privilege to interview Black beauty bosses who are doing amazing things in the beauty industry. We give voice to their stories and celebrate their excellence while they drop nuggets to help all of us become better beauty pros and better entrepreneurs. More than a podcast, this is a movement to encourage Black excellence, entrepreneurship, to preserve our history, and to bring healing to the beauty industry. It's been said, if you want to be the best, you have to hang out with the best. As someone who went from struggling hairstylist to winning awards, becoming an educator, and owner of one of the 200 fastest growing salons in the country, I am committed to bringing you the tips, tricks, and secrets of success from the best the beauty industry has to offer. So if you love beauty, business, and peeking backstage like I do, let's go. Hey, beauty superstar, this is Mickey Wright, and today I am here to talk to you about why you may be struggling as a hairstylist, and we'll go through five reasons, but before we do, just want to say welcome. A few weeks ago, I posted uh, a post online uh, on social media that was the struggling stylist versus the superstar stylist. And it really gained a lot of traction. You could say it almost went viral. And so there was definitely a lot of conversation and I listed out some things um, that were traits, I guess you could say of each side. And so today I just wanna share a few things with you um, that may be holding you back that you may not even realize are holding you back. So my quick story is that I started out in school in regular college and worked full-time, went to school part-time, kind of fell into the industry and decided to go to cosmetology school, which I did part-time while I worked in an office. Um, While I was in school, fell in love with the industry and decided that I wanted to start my career really halfway across the country. And so I literally took my test one day in Texas and moved to the Washington, D.C. area, the DMV, the very next day. And so I started with no friends, family, and kind of all the things that you kind of have as at least a beginning support system to get started. And long story short is I you know, took my time. I worked in the office, found where I wanted to work, which a great salon with a great mentor. I didn't build up my clientele fast enough and I wasn't able to pay my bills. And I had to go back to get another nine to five job and work in an office. So needless to say, I was a little devastated and I spent the next what I thought would be about a year. Fortunately, my salon owner allowed me to work part-time to come in in the evenings and weekends and build up until I could build up to be back in full-time. And I figured that would take me about a year. And in reality, it took me about six months. And so I've spent a lot of my career sharing with people how it doesn't have to take forever to build a solid clientele. And some of the things that I did during that time were putting together these pieces, really just getting hungry, really getting focused, really getting clarity on a lot of the things that I wanted from the industry. And so I want to share some of the things, some of the mistakes that I see hairstylists making that may keep them from getting out of struggle and into that superstar category. So five reasons why hairstylists struggle. Let's just jump right into number one. We don't have business hours. It's like we just feel like we should go in when we have clients and we have nothing in place to say that this is when I start, this is when I finish, or this is when my business opens, this is when my business closes. And with that, it's like we end up all over the place. Um, We 
don't focus our time during our business hours because we don't have any business hours. And so we don't look at it as a business. So one thing that I would share is to set, you know, what days of the week are you in the salon? What hours are you in the salon? And if you are not busy with a client during that time, make sure you're still showing up for work at your appointed business hours and use that time wisely. How can you use it to make your business better? And we're going to talk about one other thing that is going to be the next thing on the list is that I meet with a lot of hairstylists and a lot of times before we meet, I'll have you fill out a few questions or answer a few questions so that I'll know what we're about to do and can get a better bird's eye view of your business as it is. And one of the things I ask is what are you doing for marketing or what's your marketing plan consists of? And a lot of times we don't have one. We may be sporadically online. We may be doing a little social media marketing. We may be hoping (laughs) that's not really a marketing strategy, but hoping that we get more clients and we don't have some of those things in place. And so that becomes a challenge because the goal of marketing, and it kind of sounds like one of those big fancy business words or what have you, that's not something that a lot of us creatives are excited about. But it's like we need to find new clients. And so, and we always need to be putting our name out there and letting people who didn't know about us yesterday know about us today. And so that is what our marketing plan should, you know, or the marketing basis or description of it. And then we get to design what's going to work best for us. You know, what are we going to do online? What are we going to do offline? Scheduling and making sure that we're focusing on that. And some of that time when we don't have clients, we should be spending focused on getting new clients or working on our marketing plan and making that better and better. So I mentioned in number one that we don't have business hours and it feels like If I just go in when clients want me to go in, I'm going to build up faster. And it sounds counterintuitive, but the exact opposite is true. I can tell you once you set business hours and you say, you know, I take appointments between nine and seven, Tuesday through Saturday, that you will start to fill up much quicker because it's like people will fit into those time slots that you have set up already for them to come in. And so what happens instead, because we don't set up business hours, we feel like that'll be too confining. We don't have enough clients to fill it up is that we get a call. A client wants to come in 7 a.m. on Wednesday. Okay, well, I'll get up early and I'll rush around and maybe I'll try to make some other arrangements with the kids and I'll go in at seven. And then we have a client that needs to come late. Oh, I can't come until, you know, 830 on Tuesday night. And so then we do the 830 person and we, you know, make accommodations for the rest of our lives and we come in and I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but sometimes we're so busy making all of these accommodations for our clients and sometimes they don't show up. Is there anything more frustrating? You've completely, you know, turned your your life upside down to accommodate this client and they didn't even have the common courtesy to call, but they just didn't show up. Ah, can't take it. You know, they may have called, but they called like 10 minutes before they were supposed to be there or even more aggravating 10 minutes after they were supposed to be there to say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it. And what we have done is just run all around and spent a lot of energy for people who are not really as engaged as we might like them to be in terms of being committed as a client. 
And so my suggestion is going back to number one and setting your business hours and basically sticking to your business hours. It's like, you know, what I have available is X. I'm sorry, you know, I don't have client appointments available at 7 a.m. I could take you at 3 p.m. I could take you the next day at 9 a.m. You know, whatever that may be, that it starts to allow clients to know that, oh, she's running a business. And, oh, it's like, I'm going to have to fit into it just like I might fit into going to a doctor's appointment. They don't stay late and come early and all those kind of things to accommodate you. It's like if they happen to have something available, then that's what it is. So I encourage you to look at yourself as a business, look at yourself as a business person and put those time restraints on it and watch your business grow so much faster. So this is all tied together. Number four is trying to fit everyone in even when they don't fit. So I know some of you, you know, you have clients and you have more clients than you can actually do or service. And so you are busy. (laughs) You spend the days busy and you get finished with your day and you're ready to plop down. You know, maybe you've done your straightening up at the salon and maybe you're just about ready to go. And then you realize, oh my goodness, there are like five or six or 10 or 20 texts on my phone and I need to reply to them. Everyone's trying to get in for an appointment or maybe some are like, oh, well, I thought I could come on Tuesday at two, but now I need to come on Wednesday at four. And you're trying to do all of these shuffles and, you know, kind of almost musical chairs, but there isn't enough space on your calendar and you don't even realize it because you don't really have a plan. You don't really have your business hours set up and what times you have available for what types of services. And so you end up spending another 30 minutes or so after you finish a really long day trying to fit people in and there is no place to fit them in. That can be really, really challenging. And it's part of our people pleasing that we can tend to do as beauty professionals, as creatives. And I encourage you to think about your business a little differently and think about the fact that you really can't do everyone. And so it's figuring out what and how things are going to fit. Is it getting a scheduling service that's going to help make a difference for you? Getting, you know, online booking or setting up something like that. Is it that you may need to bring in someone to do your scheduling for you to have someone where the clients can talk to someone during the day and be able to make those arrangements or they can say, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, she doesn't have anything available until X date or what have you. But it's like, we do need to take care of our clients that want to get in to see us, but we also can't make a square peg fit into a round hole. And so if there aren't any spaces, you know, one of the things that I help people with is raising their prices. That is only one part of the solution though, because for some of you, it's like, even if you raise your prices, you are still going to have the same number of clients and the same challenges. So there are other options and things that I can share with you as we go along. And so number five, not specializing. And not specializing can be very interesting because we think, I love doing hair. I love doing all aspects of hair. It's like, I like cutting. I like coloring. I like weaving. I like microlinks. I like extensions. I like hair loss and hair replacement and all of these things. While you may be able to do them all, it's like, I would venture to say that you may or may not like all of them the same. They may or may not give you the same joy and the same pleasure from doing all of them, even though you may like them and even though you may be good at them. And also from a marketing standpoint, it's hard to market to everyone. 
And it's like one of the things that helps you build faster is becoming known for something. And I want to say this with specializing because I do suggest it as a way to narrow your focus, to really spend your days doing the things that you love and also make more in terms of your income because there's more exclusivity with being a specialist. That is another reason to consider that. But really from the marketing standpoint, it is easy to focus your attention. And just because you have a specialty or just because you become known for something doesn't mean that you can't do some of the other things that you actually love to do. So focusing on one thing that you're gonna market yourself as. And um, for me, I'll give you an example. I actually do love um, coloring and cutting and styling. Those are like kind of the three things that I really like doing. And like I said, it's kind of hard to have each one of those be the thing that you're known for. But what came of it was that finishing was really my specialty. You know, I could finish styles and hair so that it looked really great. And a lot of my clients would get compliments and they said it was fabulous. And so my specialty became fabulous finishes. And so a fabulous finish is something that it has shape. So we have to have some cutting involved with it, whether it's long shape or, or short shape. And then, you know, color is always a great accent to enhance that finish. And then there's the styling. And so all of those things came underneath one umbrella, underneath one specialty of fabulous finishes. And so there are lots of different ways to kind of package yourself, if you will. But I do encourage you to consider these things that I've shared with you as things that may help you stop struggling. It's like setting your business hours, holding to your business hours. It's like actually you know, starting even the very beginnings of a marketing plan would be incredible. Stop trying to fit everyone in. It's like, you've got to make some different options and some different suggestions for how you can run your business. Stop trying to accommodate all of your clients at all of these different crazy times, stick to your hours and specialize. It's like, look at at least becoming known for something where people can refer you very easily and say, it's like, oh, it's like, okay, the first person that came to mind when this new person came to town and they said they wanted to get X done is Mickey and they'll send you in. So I want to thank you for being here today. It's like, I also want to invite you to take a look at, it's a workbook it is for pricing and it will help you with some of these things. It's really the first three steps to being able to raise your prices. There's some things you kind of need to get in order first and that will help you and it will help you put some of these parameters in place to really make your beauty business work. And it is a power pricing workbook and it is available for absolutely free. It's my gift to you because I really want to see you be successful. So whether you're thinking about raising your prices or not, I think there's something in there for you. And it is a workbook. So you actually do a little thinking and a little putting your business together. So be sure to download that for free. The link is there. Go to beautysuperstars.com and download it there, or you can use the link below. So take great care. I will look forward to seeing you soon. And please drop below, you know, what stood out for you? What was that one thing that's like, Ooh, maybe that's the place I need to work on first to make my beauty business better. Keep reaching for the stars. Again, I'm Mickey Wright, and I will look forward to seeing you soon. Soon.